This is Questions of Courage, a podcast from the youth section at the Goetheanum, hosted by Nathaniel Williams. Welcome to Questions of Courage. Today I would like to talk about social thinking and monetary design, and I'd like to particularly honor and celebrate a project that is just over 20 years old that was started by a group of young people, um, six high school students with their economics teacher um, some years ago. And uh, first of all, you know, introducing uh, the idea of monetary design and social thinking together. um, Today, we often think about monetary design and we think about, uh, you know, cryptocurrencies. And right now in the paper, there's the newspapers, there's a lot of stories about Sam Bankman-Fried and the breach in trust, the break in trust, and a lot of the, yeah, dramatic events around his enterprise, monetary design. And I'd like to direct the attention towards a a project that I, I feel like demonstrates a different kind of thinking, a kind of social thinking, And when I say social thinking, I'd like to characterize it for just a moment for you. And um, it's a kind of thinking where uh, it's an awareness that in social matters, um, when we think and we don't think with an awareness of the whole circle of people who are participating and a part of a process or event, be it an economic or a social process, if our thinking excludes them, that ultimately it leads towards less social health. And that a kind of thinking which takes into consideration varying perspectives and interests and thinks them in its designs is one that can work towards social health. And this is, uh, was articulated um, beautifully at different points by Rudolf Steiner, um, that social health is found when um, one's own needs are fulfilled by the fruits of other people's labor, and when one's own efforts and the fruits of one's own labor go to serve other people and to fulfill the needs of other people. And that is a kind of picture of a thinking and action where mutuality is uh, brought to awareness. And this is not just a, you know, a fancy ethical quote that one could read to oneself every morning um, to have a optimistic or harmonious orientation in life. But I would suggest to consider it as Rudolf Steiner actually described it as a social law. And perhaps today more than ever, we would be open to that kind of a consideration. When we see that designs that are based on egotism and individualism and naked capitalism simply 
lead more and more towards undermining all interests. And so how can we think socially, for instance, in relationship to monetary design? Well, I'd just like to briefly tell one story in a spirit of celebration, and it's about a project of uh, six high school students with their economics teacher some 20 years ago to come up with a design for a sustainable regional currency and um, not only the design but to implement it and it still exists and it has gotten global attention because of its innovative and remarkable um, character. And unlike uh, the conversation around cryptocurrencies where privacy and um, decentralized bookkeeping and freedom are the main values that often dominate the conversation, uh, this uh, currency project focused on more holistic visions of healthy society and community in Germany, where it exists. And it is called the Himgawa, which I'll uh, provide a connection in the show notes. First of all, I'd just like to talk about a couple superficial aspects of money that are, however, quite essential and important. Money uh, is, has been well observed and it's been noted, of course, for a long time that there are three primary functions that we can see in the technologies of money. And one is the storage of value. And the second one is the facilitation of exchange. And a third one as a unit of account. And I'd like to just briefly say a couple words about each. And, um, you know, with uh, the storage function that money can hold, you know, if you're a farmer and you uh, grow a, a great crop of tomatoes one year, um, you can't store the value that is present in those tomatoes. And if you can't sell them, then they lose their value. However, if you can bring them to market and turn them into money, you can hold on to that money, let's say theoretically indefinitely, and it will store the value that you created with your tomato crop for future use at your leisure. Um, pretty basic, easy to understand. Another, uh, the second function I mentioned or characteristic that we find in monetary systems is that the facilitation of exchange. And if we think about uh, vocations very common before the Industrial Revolution, like shoemaking, um, you know, it's the commodity that we walk around on all day. So you often needed new shoes uh, or shoe repairs, and people walked a lot more back then. You know, a shoemaker might take a day to make a simple pair of shoes. And if the shoemaker needed bread, then they might, you know, you can't really trade a pair of shoes for a loaf of bread. The baker makes a lot of bread in the morning, could feed a lot of people. So then you make an agreement, you make a pair of shoes maybe for the baker, and then you get bread for, you know, a couple months. Yeah, you could do something like that. But what if the bread, the baker didn't need a pair of shoes, but you needed bread and there wasn't another baker in town? You can quickly see how this bartering with commodities uh, can become cumbersome. Um, 
And when, for instance, the shoemaker can sell shoes and receive money or tokens, and these tokens have a general value that can buy many commodities in the local markets, he can go to the baker or she can go to the baker and uh, the, the exchange is highly facilitated through this characteristic of money. It's really remarkable. Lastly, um, this function of a unit of account, you know, you with money, with a pair of shoes, you kind of have one unit. You can't cut a pair of shoes in half uh, and still retain their value, but you can very well cut a dollar in half, uh, 50 cents or what have you. You can divide money in different amounts and therefore it creates a whole nother level of articulation of value and calculation. So these are three primary functions of money. And um, when these students set out to um, create this sustainable design, what they did is they, they intended to weaken the storage function of money. And so what they did is they, they put a kind of um, gradual deterioration date on the money. So if you had bills that they made, if you held on to them, they became less and less valuable. And um, this is the opposite of what we're used to when we open a bank account and we have money in the bank account and the interest, so to say, rises, even if it's just a little bit, if we don't touch it, you know, in a savings account. Well, this is the opposite. If we have money in these bills, then after three months, there's a negative interest rate. We have to pay 3% of the bill's value in order to be able to use it. And so what that did is it lowered the storage function of the money and it increased the circulation function of the money. And so this money is moving around a lot faster than normal money that doesn't have negative interest on it, which in Germany would be the euro. And um, not only this, but this, the value, so when you paid the 3% in order to be able to use the money, that 3% was then directed towards a community, not-for-profit or club of your choice in your region. So people are actually diverting money towards um, schools, it was a fundraiser for the school where the students attended and um, sports clubs, etc. And so you have kind of money trickling off towards non-market parts of life, you know, art, culture, sports, education, things that we do that are not really about buying and selling, but are just great things that we give life meaning and that should be supported more towards gift and tithing. It's kind of built into this money system and it doesn't go through the state. It doesn't go through taxes. Um, but some of the values that the students saw were that if they created a regional currency, they could encourage more local trade, um, which would decrease the amount of fuel that was being used to bring goods into their area and decrease the amount of packaging and waste connected to trade. And so there was a kind of ecological dimension, but it also would build up the social capital because people would be getting to know each other more and exchanging more 
and kind of build up trust and relationships and familiarity in their area. And at the same time, there would be this amount kind of going off into civil society organizations, such as schools and, and, and sports clubs, as I've mentioned. So, um, yeah, what an interesting monetary design. And, um, yeah, it caught a lot of people's attention around the world. Um, there's a, a, an interesting portion on it in the great book, Rethinking Money. And also, um, what's remarkable about it, as I tried to indicate in the beginning, is the kind of thinking that it has as its foundation, which is a thinking which really kind of has a holistic view of social life, a view where taking into account all the interests and kind of mutuality and making a design where you get a kind of dynamic uh, system and increase awareness of these different perspectives. If we think again of Rudolf Steiner's suggested fundamental social law, which is that when we have awareness of the contributions that individuals make towards society and our own needs, and when we experience how our own efforts are a part of the diversity that makes up our society, then there's a kind of social health that can emerge. Well, this is a really interesting monetary design beyond the simple ecological benefits and the encouragement of regional trade and current um, exchange. Yeah, it's a wonderful project, and I hope you'll, you'll look it up. A lot of material is only in German, but there is some material in English on it, which you can find. And in closing, I'd just like to mention uh, Michael Ende, uh, who's known in the English-speaking world for his book, The Never-Ending Story. And he wrote another book called Momo, about a remarkable young woman, child, uh, girl who had a superpower, and it was to listen. So good at listening that when people were in her presence, then they felt like they could get to know themselves better than when they were alone, that they could say things they couldn't even say alone because of how she listened. And um, she had a colorful gang of friends. Eventually, some new folks come to town. The gray men started an enterprise, encouraging everyone to open accounts where they can save their time. And points out that everyone is really wasting time and encourage them to stop wasting time and to open these time savings accounts. And the town transforms radically under the influence of this new idea of time saving. And around these gray men, there's a gray cloud because they're always smoking these little cigarillos. And um, the story goes on with this young girl, Momo, meeting some remarkable figures such as Professor Horace and a turtle by the name of Calliopeia. I won't say more, but um, when I got to meet Christian Gallery and to visit the Himgauer some years ago, 
um, we also had the opportunity to talk about this great story, which is also a picture, an imagination of um, monetary design, social monetary design that Mikhail Ende was inspired by and that he turned into a kind of imaginative tableau in this story, inspired in part by Rudolf Steiner's thoughts on money from his economics course. So um, today I just wanted to take a moment and acknowledge a, a really great project, a social thinking project that was started by a group of high school students and, and uh, their teacher primarily, but of course it took the whole community and um, still going on. I hope you'll take some time to learn more about it. Um, Questions of Courage is a project of the youth section um, in collaboration with the Goethe Anum communications team and the weekly. The Goethe Anum is not supported by uh, a great endowment or wealthy donor or tax money, but by gifts and contributions from countless people all around the world that want to support this work continuing. And uh, I'd like to invite you to consider making a contribution. It'll support work with young people, projects with young people, and this podcast. But as you can tell, the video um, or the production uh, costs of this video are quite low. So you can know that your contribution will go primarily into supporting work with young people interested in the kind of themes we're discussing in these episodes. So thank you until next time.